right, everyone. Uh, I want to welcome you guys back to Grace Church Off Stage. Uh, it's a Wednesday today. I want to apologize to you guys. I only get this to you on uh, Mondays, but as you can tell, we're all a little bit off, right? It's a weird space we find ourselves in today. Now, um, I have something interesting to talk about today. Um, I want to talk about how we think. Uh, the question for you is, do you even know how to think? Now, it's a little bit kind of an unfair question, right? I mean, obviously, if you're listening, you you have the ability to process, to understand things in a basic kind of a, a way. You you found yourself to a podcast, you navigated uh, technology, you are wanting to learn and to engage in ideas. So at some level, we, we're all able to think. But the real question is, are we thinking well? Are we good uh, thinkers, right? Now, this whole idea was kind of uh, new to me. Probably about seven, eight years ago, um, I began to study these different types of uh, Catholic monks. There are different kind of schools, if you would, that they go to learn from. And they each kind of have their own uh, home base, their own uh, values or ideas that think are very important. But the one thing that, that seems to be common between all of the orders of these Catholic um, monks and nuns is that they value thinking. And it's not to say that they are right in everything that they do. But the one thing I thought was fascinating was that they believed that before they were taught the scriptures, before they were taught, you know, the ideas to think or the scriptures or the books to read, they had to first learn how to properly think. The idea was, you know, it it doesn't really matter what we would introduce to you. If you don't know how to healthily process things, how to make sense of things, how to learn properly how to disagree with someone, how to argue with someone, how to learn, how to even like change your mind, right? Then all of these different things, um, even the scriptures, could be harmful. And I found it to be such a powerful thing because in my experience as a pastor, the one thing I I learn often is that we can all hold the same Bible um, and read the same passages. We can all look at the same situation. We can all look at the same kind of political environment and come out with completely different ideas about it. And the goal is not that we all kind of come out in agreement, but do we really know how to process information, how to how to come to a healthy, informed opinion on things? And this is a, a powerful thing, right? This is a very important thing. So today the question is for you, do you know how to think? Are you a good thinker? Now, uh, as a pastor, the, the heart that I have for you it's not that you would uh, fully agree with me or with each other. I, I'm not. I'm not really as concerned with what you believe or how you believe it, but more concerned with how you get there. Do you know how to learn, how to process, how to discern? This is a very important word in the scriptures to uh, discern uh, rightly. In the Old Testament, this word is used for trying to kind of figure out what God wants from us. The idea is almost like we're walking in the dark, trying to kind of to feel our way through. Um, and of course, in the New Testament, we see this word with, uh, in reference to the Holy Spirit, trying to use, allow the Spirit to guide us to discern, to make sense of what God wants for us. It's an important word because it assumes that, that finding truth isn't an easy thing to do right? To figure out what is real and what isn't real is difficult. It's, it takes work. It's effort. Now, I've never seen a time in history where this has become so apparent, right? I, I pretty much every day on Twitter or Facebook, there's all kinds of information and stats and numbers, all different opinions and, I mean, conspiracy theories, you know, I mean, it's just, 
It's unbelievable right now. How do we know what's up or down or left or right? How do we know what's right? How do we find truth? And the answer in the scriptures is we have to learn to use wisdom. We have to learn to use uh, discernment. And this is a combination. It's a spiritual practice, but it's also a cognitive one. We learn techniques. We learn disciplines in the same way that for someone to learn to pray, they have to learn how to physically set time apart, how to engage their minds, how to, to speak and listen. There are there are these very practical things that we combine with these very spiritual things. And so thinking, uh, discerning, having wisdom is the same type of a, of a marriage. We learned um, our part, and then we learned the part the Spirit plays. And then we've tried to, to, to be in partnership. So I want to kind of go through a few of the, the, the basic steps for how we become good thinkers. Remember, I don't want you to agree with me. I just want you to have a very... Uh, well-thought-out, healthy opinion on things, whether it's scriptures, whether it's politics. Um, the church is a beautiful thing because historically the church, and you know, when I say this, I'm not talking about uh, you know uh, the individual experiences we've had in the church. What I'm talking about is the church as a whole historically. While uh, the evangelical church in America doesn't have a really good ability to find unity in disagreement, it kind of sees uniformity as, as unity. Historically in the church, we have learned that to, to be one as the bride of Christ is not to be in agreement in all of our ideas. It's to be in submission, meaning to, to be fully committed to Jesus, and in that to be committed to each other. That It's almost like marriage. We don't have to have the same opinion on movies or restaurants, but there's something more important that keeps us together. And, and I think this is a powerful thing right now, right, for us to, to realize. So I don't want you to agree with me. I just want us all to to know how to think properly. So here's, here's, here's the first thing that I want you to learn about thinking. Understand that when you go to think about anything, it requires energy. And this seems very simple to most of us, right? But, but uh, engage it. Um, energy is something that we don't have a lot of. We only have a limited amount of energy or resources every single day. And so what you need to realize is that the brain actually begins to... Uh, require more energy, more nutrients uh, from the body when it is engaged at higher levels. There's actually such a thing as brain fatigue. You begin to think so hard on something that you get migraines, you get tired, you get you know exhausted, you feel uh, emotionally drained, right? To think requires energy, and this is a very important thing for you to realize. Uh, I want you to think back to every time that you get in an argument with someone or you go through Facebook and you see an opinion that you don't like or, you know, some idea that just seems outrageous. And there's a part of you that sparks that says, ah, oh, man, I want to engage this. I want to to either kind of learn about this or I want to argue with this. Whatever it is, you, you want to engage with it. But think back to how many times you don't engage, how many times you don't research it, you don't read. How many of these headline articles that you see posted on the, the news or Twitter or Facebook, and all you have the energy to do is to read the headline? You, you don't have time or energy to read through you know, 10, 12 pages of information. This is one of the first things you have to learn about yourself. If you, if you want to be a, a good thinker, if you want your opinions to have depth and value, you have to learn to expend energy in thinking. You've got to learn to invest the amount of energy it's going to take to read through 10, 20, 30 pages of information, to literally read books. See, most people who have opinions don't invest any energy in trying to research, process, or learn. And because of that, their opinions don't mean much at all. 
And so for us, if we want to have opinions, opinions are healthy. But make sure that you are someone who offers your opinions because you've invested energy, you've researched, you've read, you've learned, you've thought. So in the same way that, you know, we can't all have six-pack abs because we don't want to invest the energy. We're spending too much of our time at work or say uh, the kids are exhausting us. All these good things, right? If you want to be a good thinker, if you want your opinions to have value, to actually be worth listening to, you have to invest energy. You have to literally save parts of yourself to learn. And if you're not willing to invest energy, you need to know this about yourself. You need to weigh the value of your opinion based on how much energy you're willing to investigate and learn. Second thing, uh, as important as it is to have energy, we have to understand ourselves. You need to have a knowledge of yourself, meaning just kind of know your tendencies. So for me, I have a strength as a person and I, I am very compassionate naturally. I tend to lean towards ideas or opinions of things, whether it's the scriptures or politics or work or the way I pastor or the way I parent. I tend to be someone who is kind of moved by compassion. So I know that about myself. I know that I kind of have a predisposition to approach certain types of answers to certain types of problems. Also, I know that I am a spurt learner. I am someone who's able to learn very quickly, but I lose interest when I have to go too deeply. I don't mind to read a 300-page book, but I want to do it quickly while I have interest. Whereas some, some, other, some other people I know are more of like deep learners. They want to read all of the 300 and 600-page books. They want to go deep into a thing. And again, it's not that I need to change who I am, but I need to factor this in. When I begin to engage people on topics or ideas, I need to make sure that I'm aware of, my, of my, the extent of my knowledge. This kind of brings us to another form of self-awareness. Know your limits. You know, um, I can engage with someone and talk about all sorts of paint products. <laughs> you know, it's boring info, I know. But because I have a paint company, I have exhaustive knowledge on all the different types of products I could use to paint your baseboards or your doors. The pros and cons of all these different one-part or two-part uh, component uh, paints and urethanes and enamels and all the stuff that will bore you to sleep. I'm aware that I have knowledge in this area. Now, if someone wants to debate, say, fashion with me, or say pop culture, uh, I'm aware that I have a knowledge gap in this area. As we've all begun to jump into COVID-19 discussions, we all need to be aware that us, that we, have a knowledge gap here. I'm limited in my knowledge. I'm now going to have to depend on people. And because I also am being self-aware, I'm also going to be skeptical of myself. What types of answers do I want to hear here? You know, I need to be aware not only of my, my personality, of the extent of my knowledge. Now I need to be aware of my biases. Every human being has a bias. It's okay to have them, but we need to know that we have them. When I approach politics or whenever I approach theology, whenever I approach, uh, you know, the, the question of the virus, uh, what answers do I want to be true? What fixes or solutions do I want to happen? What uh, people or resources do I want to be right? And am I being healthily skeptical of those things? Because as we become good thinkers, we have to be aware that we have biases, meaning we will invest more energy trying to research answers that fit the things that we want to hear. And so we need to be skeptical of that, right? If you are pro-Trump, 
be skeptical of yourself, right? Be aware that you want certain answers to come out the way you want them. If you want to reopen the economy right now, be aware of that. And then, of course, vice versa. If you hate Trump, think he's the he's the reason for everything that could ever go wrong. If you want to keep the company, I mean, uh, the, the country closed, you know, for a year, be aware of these things. If uh, in in the scriptures, if you have certain things that you just love to stand out to, you be aware of that. Remember, it's not a, a sin or a bad thing to have bias, but to become a good thinker, to be skilled at operating in wisdom, to be uh, practiced on how to discern truth, we have to be aware of our biases. And it's a, it's a very dangerous, slippery slope. Uh, if you are prone to conspiracy theories, if you have trust issues with authority, be aware of your biases, right? Now, uh, as we kind of shift away from our self-awareness, it's important for us to understand what it is to be a non-dual thinker. Most people, um, I would say about 80 to 90% of the people who you talk to every day, they are dualistic thinkers, meaning to any idea or topic, there are only two answers. For example, the Razorbacks are terrific or the Razorbacks suck, right? Either Trump is the best or Trump is the worst. Uh, either God is love or God is, is righteous, right? <laughs> Whatever that is. Either we spank our kids or we don't spank our kids. You get the idea. Well, there's dual meaning two. There's only two sides. So kind of picture drawing a line in the sand. Every topic, every discussion only has two sides. Either you're with us or you're against us. Now I want you to understand that du- duality, dual thinking is some of the most primitive forms of operation in your brain. It goes back to the most fundamental parts of our mind that find safety in numbers. You're either with us, you're part of our tribe, our pack, our team, or you are against us. Now, to become a good thinker, to become qualified, to offer our opinions, to be people of depth and substance, we have to learn to move beyond this. Now, uh, use an example like uh, Trump, for example, right? This duality, lie in the sand, you're either with or against, is very clear in these types of topics. But let's just be kind of logical about this. Is it possible? What are the odds that everything Trump has ever done is wrong? That every decision, every comment, every action as a president he's made is completely wrong? What are the odds of that? Those odds are, I mean, astronomically against that being plausible. You would have to be a genius to make every decision wrong. Now, on the other side, right? Is there a way for us to form every story, to change the narrative, to make Trump correct in almost everything he does, to defend him no matter what? Of course not, right? The, the, the odds are just as unlikely, right? Do we have the ability to both give credit to Trump where he makes the right decisions and to be critical, to hold someone accountable where they are not correct? And of course, you know, I, I know we have certain kind of biblical ideas about this, but this is to submit to authority is, is not to cease to criticize. If you look at the New Testament and the Old Testament, one of the major roles that prophets in the church play is holding powers accountable, meaning being truthful. Remember, it's this kind of a non-duality we're after. It's possible to honor and to still hold accountable, to still hold the truth. It's possible to love my parents and to honor them while also still being able to speak truth to them. 
with the intention of love for them, right? Uh, it's possible to love my wife and to still be completely mad at her in the same moment and to have to share my grievances, to, you know, to even for us to have an argument, to have a disagreement. These two things can be held at the same time. And so it's a, it's a yes and a yes, meaning it's not yes or no. There's not only two answers to anything. There's not only two sides. I have the ability to understand that we need to lock down the country, but we also need to understand that there are consequences to the economy, right? We understand that God is all love, and yet we do need to understand how do we also acknowledge the righteousness of God? What does that look like? And so to be a non-dual thinker means to understand that there are always truth on both sides. We have to be able to find it. To be mature enough thinkers, to, to go into the other camp, if you would, and to learn from them, right? And this kind of brings us to our next point of how to be a good thinker, right? Are you able to listen to both sides? Now, this is interesting. It seems simple. But because I'm aware of myself, because I'm aware of my limits, because I know kind of my comfort zones, I'm aware of when there's a topic, I know kind of the things I want to believe, and I also know the places to go to find support for my beliefs, right? If I have a certain opinion about theology or paint or politics, I know the other people who I can go to who who agree with me, who will support me. And I'm also aware of people who, you know, if I were a dual thinker, I would consider to be my enemy, the people on the other side of the line. So the challenge is to be a good thinker, we have to learn how to listen and learn from people we disagree with. How much energy are you investing to go read or learn from people you disagree with? Theologically, it's very difficult for me. I, I often feel like I've already learned enough to not need to go, you know, say, read a certain author's book or uh, with painting or parenting, I believe I, you know, I've come to a place where I don't need to learn from people I might disagree with. But this, it's a limited approach to learning. And so what we have to do to be thinkers of depth, we have to be able and willing to go learn from people we disagree with. So, so what I do, I actively seek out people who I disagree with almost at least 75%, and I will invest energy in listening to them expecting to learn something. So, politically, if you are a Fox News watcher, right, how much energy are you willing to expend listening to a CNN uh, voice or opinion? And of course, vice versa. If you are a CNN watcher, how much energy are you willing to listen to a Fox News watcher? And again, it's, it's not that you will agree, but can you walk into that camp? Can you put yourself on their shoes and be willing and even expectant to learn something. And this, again, is a sign of someone whose opinion has value. This is a sign of wisdom. These are the type of people you want to be leading you. You want to be uh, you know, guiding you and nurturing you. And these types of friends you want to have in your life. People who can walk into any camp and learn from them. Who have the humility and who are willing to invest the time and energy to learn from people who they disagree with. How can I fully disagree with someone if I do not understand fully what it is that they believe or what it is that they think? Um, I heard this, this quote from Andy Stanley. I don't often read his stuff, but he had a quote that came out. I just loved it. He said, I refuse to criticize anything I do not fully understand. I refuse to criticize anything I do not fully understand. This is a beautiful kind of summary of what we've been talking about. And so, again, 
for most of us, when we see this Facebook post or tweet or we're talking to a friend and they say something we disagree with, we, you know, we will either just kind of ignore it internally and just kind of move on, or we will kind of put up a very kind of a cheap defense and say, well, you know, that's your opinion, whatever, you know, or, you know, common sense or, well, obviously this. And of course, all these are cop-outs. These are all ways of saying, I don't have the energy to really learn. I haven't really invested the time. I don't actually know what I'm talking about. Because if I were, if I were aware, if I did invest the energy, if I was self-aware, if I was learning from people who had expertise, if I was learning from people on the other side of the fence, then I would have a more elaborate, more uh, in-depth, a more complex, a more uh, robust answer for you. But because I don't, I'm going to give you a cheap answer and walk away. Now again, in our lives, make sure that you are learning and, and listening to people who offer complex answers. I'm not saying that everything needs to be difficult, or every complex needs to be, you know, uh, rocket science. But understand that what we want are sound bites, but truth, real answers, real solutions, typically are complex. They're layered. And so if we want to be people who know how to think, we need to be ready to embrace and to meet these things kind of um, on the level that they are. It will require energy and time. So here we are in the situation, right, where it is so difficult for us to know what to believe or what not to believe, but it's a great place to practice. Because when all this virus stuff is over, when the next president is elected, there will be all sorts of things we, we need to use our brain to, to figure out. How do we handle our finances? How do we spend this you know, uh, extra bonus I got at work? How do we parent? Do we spank? Do we not spank? Do we you know, praise? Do we not praise? How do I be a good friend or spouse? What does God want from my life? How do I understand the scriptures? Blah, blah, blah. You fill in the blank, right? We must learn to be good thinkers, people who know how to use wisdom to discern, to, to figure out what is, what is true and what isn't. And so it's going to come down to, the, to these very basic things, right? You know that it, it will require energy. To be a good thinker means you'll have to invest part of yourself. In the same way that to get your body in shape, you'll have to invest energy and time and resources. Uh, consistently, the same thing goes for your mind. Understand that you must have self-awareness. Know yourself. Know your... Uh, strengths and weaknesses and proclivities. Be aware of what you know and what you don't know. Be honest with yourself. Know the areas that you have knowledge and the areas that you do not, and always be humble. Know that you have bias. In any topic, in any area, I will always enter it with an opinion that I want to have confirmed. Be aware of that. Be suspicious of yourself. It's a healthy form of learning and growing and challenging yourself. Be a non-dual thinker refuse to draw lines in the sand. Know that there's always truth on both sides, and sometimes the answer is in the middle. Sometimes both sides have something right, and there needs to be a new solution they have not considered yet. And be someone who's willing to listen, specifically to the other side. If you find yourself very staunchly on a certain side of a discussion or idea, be willing to listen thoroughly listen, not just be quiet, but listen and process what the other side thinks or feels or has their opinion. Be someone who's willing to get in their shoes, sit in their camp, read their books. You cannot criticize anything you do not fully understand. So that's my encouragement to you. Uh, Are you, do you know how to think well? Now, uh, next week's going to be fun. I I plan to, to sit Pastor Larry down, who's my dad. He's a ghostwriter. 
He spent time with some of the most interesting people on the planet. He basically has gotten to sneak in and to get an up-close personal experience inside the lives of some of the most interesting people you've ever heard of. I'm going to have him kind of open up and share some of the stories next week. So I think it's going to be a, a good kind of distraction from all of uh, the virus talk that you've been hearing every day. So uh, I encourage you guys, stay locked in, uh, be patient, find some uh, healthy routines, find some uh, normalcy every day, wake up at the same time, put clothes on, uh, eat breakfast, do exercise, things like that. And I'll see you guys next Monday for uh, Grace Off Stage.